0: This is Superior Sports Talk with Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. What's happening, everybody? Reggie and Luke back at it. Another episode of Superior Sports Talk presented by Locked On Sports Minnesota. What's going on, Reggie?
1: What's up man, you know, uh we, we were celebrating um the life and the legacy of Prince yesterday. Oof. And you know what? We started the day doing that. We had some like basketball game that really had people like Probably up it. in arms, but yeah. you know what? We skipped over that. Yep. And we played some purple rain. rain purple purple rain. rain. And we just we just let that ride out to end our night because we weren't going to be stressed about the Timberwolves.
0: I like that you said that. Best halftime performance <laughs> of all time, in my opinion, 2004, singing Nothing Purple like Rain. It. It's literally raining down on them, singing Purple Rain, Love Bears, it. Colts. I'll never forget it. All right, we got another good one lined up for you guys. Reggie and I talk about that brutal collapse by the Minnesota Timberwolves in Game 3, losing to the Memphis Grizzlies, 104.95 Plus, special guest and former NFL wideout Ron Johnson stops by, talking some Vikings in NFL draft. and later on, we get into some what does it mean I'm putting Reggie on the hot seat, talking twins, wild, gophers, hoops. It's all coming up on Superior Sports Talk. Reggie, you ready to roll? Let's do it. The T-Wolves were up big at home in their first playoff game at the Target Center since 2018. I know, take a breath, take a breath. With a 49-28 lead midway through the second quarter, it looked like the Wolves could do no wrong, but just when you're about to switch that channel, the Grizzlies used a 23-4 run to close out the half and managed to get within six points heading into the locker room. But third quarter comes D'Angelo Russell, D'Angelo Russell, He was the catalyst using the pick and roll, setting up the offense to go on another big tear, starting the half with a 12-0 run, getting the 32-year-old target center rocking and on their feet once again. That was where the fun stopped, though, as Mm. the shooting went ice cold and the Grizzlies mounted another comeback going on a 32-6 run. The Mm. Wolves, who never trailed in the game until eight minutes left, it was Tyus Jones' three-pointer to go up 86-85, and the Grizz never looked back. Plenty to discuss and break down after the third-largest comeback in NBA playoff history. Wolves now must rebound after that gut-wrencher in a big way, now down in the series 2-1. to one. Reggie, I got a lot I wanted to say and discuss from personal performance, like Cat's second consecutive awful playoff game, putting up just eight points on four shots to just the team's overall just emotional immaturity that led to bad shots, bad passes, bad turnovers, and again, really bad fouls. I'm going to hand the mic over to you first and let you take the first stage. But I want to know who's more to blame when something like this happens. Is it the coaching or is it the players? I know. Okay. I know. All right.
1: We're, We're doing this. I know. So I blame everybody. So. The coach, you know, it was so interesting watching Charles Barkley, oh, you, know, kinda terrible, terrible, you know, just kind of unload Terrible, terrible, terrible. You know, these guys, first of all, terrible, first of all, terrible. Kenny, everybody <laughs> should be embarrassed by this performance tonight, Kenny. Uh, Chris Finch, you, you you, you don't call a timeout. A team is going on 21-0 run. And first of all, you don't call a timeout. So, I, I... <sighs> He's justified. He's justified. I, sometimes he could be a little much, and he was a little much taking it, a, you know, a little overboard yesterday. But when you lose, you just got to get all of it. Like, however it comes, you got to take it. Because it, you had two 25 plus point leads, mm and you can't close it out and you end up losing by nine like I don't understand how that even happens you go you you go on these runs and you're doing well and then you have these offensive lulls and for how hard the Timberwolves played last night for how strongly they defended at times last night like they were elite defensively for stretches of the game where it looked like Memphis just couldn't do anything and all of a sudden you just like when they ended the half on that run it was just like all right then they came on the third they were like all right let's put these guys away like we gotta stop messing around and I'm like okay cool I had wrote like my little my little intros for for the newscast last night talking about, you know, hey, the Timberwolves, they they came out and they took care of business. And it was just like, come on, man. Like as I'm as I'm like reading it in real time, I'm watching and I'm just like, oh, the lead is seven. Mm. Oh, the lead is four. Oh, Ooh. the lead is three. Oh, we are tied. Oh my gosh. And it was just so interesting watching the avalanche. And it was somebody mentioned it on Twitter, and you know I I grew up you know a Lakers and a and a Bulls a Bulls then a Lakers fan, and they had the Zen Master Phil Jackson, mm. and he was infamous in just like letting a team just like play through it, play through it, you know they'll figure it out, grind it out. Yep, this is a young team. They, they ain't figuring it out, you know, because they, they haven't been there. They're not as battle-tested as some of these other teams. They're ch- still trying to learn how to win these games. Coach Finch, I've been very, very complimentary of him during the time that we've been doing this show. And I do think that he is the right guy. But also, man, he's taking his lumps too, man. Like, oh, no doubt. He he's trying to figure it out as well as the players are, and he's just trying to lead them in the best way possible. He did what he thought was the best thing, but coach, call a timeout, please, because like it was like it was like um, you you got an open wound right, and you're gashing. You know, when I was younger, I I uh, I slipped on a stair at church one time, hit my head on a banister. Bust my head wide open. Ooh! I went running. I'm gushing blood, just Ooh. gushing blood, right? And they took me to the re- the bathroom, and you know they were trying to stop it. They were trying to put stuff on it, dude. The, the bleeding wasn't stopping. They had to take me to the hospital. I had to get stitches. That offense last night the the timberwolves needed stitches and they were just trying to gauze it they were trying to gauze it to death they were Mm. they were they you got some paper towels here or just put a (laughs) band-aid on it it'll be fine just no like you need some stitches like it's Mm. it's bleeding you're gushing out at 21-0 run 50 to 13 run like you're gushing you're gushing switch it up Mm. because it wasn't working and this team is 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 bludgeoning you at this point. And it just, it was like once the avalanche started, it was just all downhill. And I'm just sitting there with the Doc Rivers face, just like. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is really happening tonight. And I, I'm just, I, I went home last night after the game. And I just sat there. I just sat in it. And I was just like, what the heck did I watch tonight? That was my first time ever covering an NBA playoff game in person. Mm. And I'm sitting there just like, what the heck just happened? What did I watch here? What what just transpired? And I'm just like, you know.
0: Welcome to Minnesota.
1: And everybody's in my mentions like, Everybody. welcome to Minnesota. This is the Minnesota sports experience. And I'm just like, dang, y'all been dealing with this?
0: Yeah, you get it now. For how long now? yeah brutal
1: what did what did you all do y'all y'all did something y'all made a deal with the something devil back in the day
0: something and happened and god
1: is just like you, well, you I are not my chosen people anymore like
0: what well, happened i don't know what we got out of that then i don't know what we got out of it. <laughs> like you said charles bark terrible terrible knucklehead terrible and how you don't call timeout like you said during that 210 run and just call these guys down you know and try to halt some of that momentum is beyond me and even more so once again your best player your core piece you've built around around Your max contract guy, Carl Anthony Towns, two games in a row in the playoffs lays an absolute egg. There's just no excuses. Fans are done waiting around now in year seven of this NBA career to show up in the playoffs and yet again, get yourself into such serious foul trouble with poor inexcusable fouls. Like you always say, Reggie, so early in the game and end the night with eight points on four shots. What are we doing? And I know the Grizzlies team has done a great job, by the way, swarming cat, uh, making life hard, but losing your composure, not taking advantage of the extra attention and set your teammates up for success. Reggie, is it getting to the point, pending on how the rest of this series plays out, that we've got plenty of ball to play left? I know, but Carl Anthony Towns' era in Minnesota could very well be coming to an end sometime down the road. Would you agree with that?
1: So, here's the thing. Despite his struggles in the postseason, Mm. he is one of, if not, yeah, he's one of the best bigs in the league with his ability to attack the rim. I mean, he had five blocks last night, protect the rim and score. I mean, the best big, man shooting threes in, in franchise history like the guy has all the talent in the world but but there's a big but and i cannot lie he has to control his emotions mm. like the the dude like i don't know if you saw but there was a there was a a no call that cat was upset because he was in foul trouble so he was on the bench at the time mm. but he was standing up and there was a foul call that was missed and you would have thought that someone just like told cat that that they they you know you would have thought that they would have just like insulted him to the the 1000th degree like the dude was like jumping up and down hopping up and down like what you know well, just like getting did you
0: did you see the goaltending no goaltending call because that was the one i saw where he was on the bench and he was screaming at the rest yeah, got all yeah. the way over said that's goaltending man that's goaltending and and, yeah. and same same exact scenario situation Yeah, you know the that, lack of composure the there yeah go ahead that's the yeah. moment
1: i'm talking about yeah, yeah that's the one and it's just like cat calm down man it's, it's gonna be all right like Come on, like, and and I think what was what was tough to see is just, man, it just seems to snowball on him. Like, he gets in his head, and and it, it just kind of like becomes a thing, and he can't get out of his own way, to the point where he only had four shots last night. They asked him after the game, "Cat, only four shots?" He's like, "Next question." Next question.
0: Yeah, that was our boy Johnny Krasinski too. Johnny K, shutting down Johnny.
1: And it was it was tough, man. He came into that press conference pissed. Like, he was hot. Mm-hmm. He was hot. And – but it was like he understood that he really didn't have anyone else to blame but himself. And it's like at some point, when do you come to the realization that you're hurting yourself and hurting the team with how you're doing? And he's – so, what I love about Cat is he's an introspective dude, and he's a very transparent dude, and he's very self-aware as well. But at some point, the self-awareness has to come to a point of actionable steps, and that's not what we're seeing, because it's like, you you had the playing game, you had the game two loss, right, and then now game three, like... What are you learning from this? And he talked about it last night. He's like, Look, KG told him, you never lose in this league. You only learn.
0: Mm.
1: I don't know about that. I think you lost and learned last well, what night. What are we
0: learning here, though? Yeah, yeah let's apply and, and it like, to the games. Yep. Yeah.
1: What are we learning, and what are we going to do to fix it to be better? I know that Cat has a dominant and multiple dominant performances mm. in him. What's tough is the fan base has seemed to grow weary. Of waiting on him to put it all together at the right time and one of my friends that I used to work with is from Minnesota and he was reminding me that before KG kind of had the the 4 run that he had like a lot of people were kind of talking about him in that same breath and he were he was able to overcome that and dominate and be that guy that people expected him to be when the games mattered most and I don't know what it's going to take with Cap for him to flip the switch and be that guy because look, we went into the the matchup yesterday, you were asking me what who my X factor was. Mm. And it's funny, you 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 went over under with me and just about everybody that you gave me an over under on, I pretty much nailed. Pat Bev over 10 points. He got that. Got that in the first quarter. And and it's it's just so interesting. My X factor yesterday, what I told you, was cat has to be cat and it's no surprise that when the chips are down and you need a bucket catch your guy catch cast the closer they needed a guy last night to just be like you know what this stops here this stops now and like cat to just go out and be like you know what i'm about to put the team on my back i'm gonna score five six straight points to stop some of this avalanche and it just didn't happen one because he was in too much foul trouble again and two he just couldn't get out of his own way with whatever mental block was was in the way and emotional block was in the way of stopping him from being the dominant guy that he is like he can dominate those guys you got Tillman on him you got Clark on him those dudes are barbecue chicken normally with cat you go out there and dominate, man. Like, and I'm sounding like Shaq now. You know, gotta go, go out there and dominate. He's a big guy, seven foot, gotta dominate. He, he's not dominating out there. He's playing soft. He's he not dominating. And it's just like <laughs> he's not being the cat that we know. But for all those people that are saying like, oh, I think it's time to explore trade. Who you gonna get better? Well, come on, who who you gonna get better than that? You just need Cat to play up and up to his potential. It's so funny. A lot of people, you know, I'm a Lakers fan. A lot of people are like, you you got to trade Anthony Davis now. And it's just like, okay, you got an aging LeBron. You got a Russell Westbrook on this big price contract that, you know, nobody really is going to want to have to pay him. And Anthony Davis has been injury prone for the last couple of years. Who are you going to get better? You just need him not to be injured and to play like the guy we saw in the bubble. We don't need a a solution, a a trade, because you're not going to get equal value for Cat. You just need Cat to go and be Cat, and we're not seeing that right now.
0: It's just so perplexing to me, Reggie, because at this point, you know, Cat knows teams are going to try to get under his skin Mm -hmm. because of the way he responds in those tough, flustering situations. And yet he still lets it get to him. Again, I don't know who or what he needs. If it's coaching, if it's a friend, maybe his dad (laughs) needs to sit down and talk. But he needs to – you're seven, Reggie. You're seven. Again, I think fans are just frustrated and a little flustered with the fact that we haven't seen the development in just – That area, the mental awareness of the game, again, at this stage in his career. Wolves gave up a 23 4 run and then a 32 6 run in the same game. 50-13 run to end the game. Made only 30 field goals in game two to match a season low. The Wolves hit only 33 last night. They went 8-34 of the game between the second and third quarters without a basket until Russell... Inexcusable, man. Inexcusable. Until Russell switched to three. Absolutely inexcusable. You're right. D'Angelo Russell... The lone bright spot, if you're making he me was pick someone, factor. I guess. 22 points, 8 assists, Ant with 19. Towns was a mess. And those roll guys, that bench that, that came up so clutch in game one, nowhere to be found. Malik Beasley, 2 of 7 from 3, and a plus mm. minus of minus 21. I don't know if I've ever seen that. Jaden McDaniels, 4 turnovers. And even your veterans, your leaders, Pat Bev, he went ice cold later in the game, 0 for 5 from mm. 3. Game four Saturday, late 9 p.m. tip-off. Wolves will need to flush this one down the drain in a big way mentally more than anything and leave Minnesota with the split if they want any chance of advancing in the playoffs for the first time since 2004. Rest assured, Reggie and I will be here Monday to break it all down. Coming up, I'm putting Reggie through the gauntlet with what does it mean. But first, our special guest for the day, former Minnesota Golden Gopher, great and NFL wideout, host of his very own show, The Ron Johnson Show. You can find every weekday here on Lockdown Sports Minnesota. Let's bring him in now, Mr. Ron Johnson. Thanks so much for coming on, man. Great to see you again. How are you doing?
2: I'm good, man. Appreciate you guys having me.
0: Ron, I got to hold myself back jumping straight into NFL draft and Vikings because, you know, I always get so much out of talking football with you. But first, I think we could use another few minutes of venting about this Timberwolves collapse. We watched unfold last night. So, Ron, I want to ask you, in a game that was the tale of four quarters, back and forth, up and down, the big runs both these teams had, As a former big time athlete who's played in so many big time games like yourself, just how real is momentum swings and shifts during a game when you're a player on the sideline with your teammates? Because I think as fans, we talk about it a lot. We make it seem like such a big factor and outcome in the game. So is it as real as it seems and feels watching on TV when you're the one actually playing in the game and feeling those big shifts? What's the best way you can describe that, Ron?
2: Yeah. I mean, even in pickup basketball, like I I, I play yeah. a ton of pickup basketball, um, you know, and so like I'm playing today and and, and there's a thought when you're on a team of guys, you don't know, you create chemistry quick. Some guys you do know, um, but when you're up, let's say 11 to seven or 11 to one, 11 to two. Uh, there's a difference 11 to seven. It's closer. You guys are still playing 11 to one. You start goofing off. Uh, you start jacking up threes from half court. Um, and then the other team, if they are good enough, they can make a comeback that I've been on the opposite side. I've been down 11 to two and pick up basketball and the other team, you know, thinks, okay, we're just going to beat these guys. And all of a sudden I knock down three threes game over. And now my team, the next game, the next chumps to step, step up on the court, mm. when, when they come out there, <laughs> w- we now have a memory of we had one of the biggest comebacks in pickup ball history. And so when when those new the new guys come out, no matter what the score is, we always feel like Ron's going to hit a big shot to win this game. I'm James Harden. Step back crossover. (laughs) If you if you go for the step back, I'm across you and lay it fillet. And, you know, and so when I think about that, that's what the Grizzlies just did. They created a memory of what it feels like to come back. If you look at down 12, nothing timeout. You know, they are not timeout. Sorry, they didn't get their first basket after, you know, they were down 12 nothing. Mm. But then, you know, early timeout, 47-21, to 21, another timeout. At that point, then they had an and one. Um, and then you get Anthony Edwards that jacked up a three that probably shouldn't have shot that three. And then you come down and have another player shoot a three. Like, and and I don't understand it at that point. Like, you're up. You're up big. So now 47-28, to 28, still a decent lead, but now you're, you're, they're cutting to that lead. And now they're like, man, you know, we can do this. 47-28, the Timberwolves hadn't scored five. They had missed the last five shots at that point. Now doubt starts. Even though you're up big, unless your coach calls a timeout to say, hey, whoa, what are you guys doing? Like we're up 19. Calm down. I don't care if you're up 19. If you missed the last five shots, call a timeout. You haven't used them. Mm-hmm. Call a timeout. Get your guys relaxed. Calm them down. Maybe put your starters back out, but give them a break, breather. Get your starters back out. Get Pat Bev going again mm. and start over. Build on that 19-point lead. Don't just sit back and say, oh, let's see what happens. Let's see if they can figure it out. You have the sixth youngest team in the NBA. They're not going to figure it out. Mm. That's why I was a little bit upset with Barkley calling them dumb kids, and he said like there's dumb kids. I see the playground, and they're not. It's not just mm. dumb kids; their parents are dumb too. And he's talking about the coach, like he's saying their coach is dumb for not doing, like not getting these guys ready. Mm. And so when I think about games I played, and I never played in big time basketball games, um, but I played in some big time football games. I look at you know the Ravens. We played the Tennessee Titans. Nobody thought we could beat them uh you look at when we when we played the Steelers, same thing nobody thought we could beat them you look at when we played the ohio state buckeyes number six in the country nobody thought we could beat them we beat penn state when they were number two in the country arguably number one because they had two first round one and two draft picks back to back with LeVar arrington and courtney brown so they had the best defense in college football with other starting cornerbacks that went to the nfl as well that we had to go up against and so when you look at the way that team, Anthony Adams, you know, went to the league. Jimmy Kennedy went to the league. That was Penn State's defense that we had to face. Nobody gave us a chance because they were the number two, number one. They were one and two uh, that year in, the, in college football. I mean, LaVar Arrington was, was beating up punters. And I'll never forget, <laughs> he was, man. Every punt oh. block, he was out there for Ooh. no reason. Like He was literally like a black dude from the hood skating that doesn't really know how to like play hockey. But he just wants to skate because he's like, oh, I can fight and not get in trouble for this. Mm. And LeVar was just on punt. He wasn't on punt to block. Mm. He was on punt to be a menace and just pick on somebody. And it became the punter that year. It was was to the point where punters would punt and then just fall to the ground because they're like, (laughs) LeVar's coming. I know he's going to be a jerk. I know he's going to pick on me. And that was LeVar's thing. He was a bully. And uh, there was nothing wrong with that. and and my thing is like Debo can be a bully. Who's gonna fight Debo unless Craig comes with a brick? Nobody came with a brick. <laughs> until Minnesota showed up, we showed up and we was Craig with the brick. And Mason, Mason was like John Witherspoon in the locker room. He was like, you know you live? To fight another day
1: i'm not he doing like, this with you today Ryan. Like, oh i'm the here guns. for it he's like you
2: gotta use these. i'm here for it and we yeah. use these and that's what happened the grizzlies use these and the timberwolves <laughs> was on the court looking for a gun. like oh man we got to kill debo they coming back i mean bane looks like he just does bench press for no reason in the yeah. last half oh, time yeah, yeah. yeah he just swore wild. for no reason but you know so that's that's my thought man with big game momentum is huge like we got the momentum early on penn state uh we never really gave it back they did kind of get it back at one point and then we threw two hail marys like because it was two minutes to go and we threw a hail mary like mason was like i'm not waiting for 20 seconds let's throw the hail mary now i was confused but we were all like all right let's run the hail mary from the 20 yard line (laughs) yeah we ran a hail mary i caught it at half at uh the 50 next play ran another hail mary tipped it arlen bruce catches it our true freshman comes in um and and possibly makes the biggest kick in his career. Not possibly. He makes the biggest kick in his career. He, as a freshman, kicks it, beats Penn State. Um, and that's the pictures people see all over the time now. You see that on Big Ten Network when they're talking about the Penn State-Minnesota rivalry. Because uh, Minnesota ended up doing it again with Rashad Bateman and Tyler Johnson. Mm. Um, so, that and that was the cool thing. Like, that's where the Grizzlies are and the Timberwolves have to find a way. But momentum is huge. And I don't know if they can replicate that start. Like, mm. that start was unheard of. Right you know and so that's why I'm more upset is that the start was so unheard of and then you find a way to lose two 20 point leads mm-hmm. two mm-hmm. I mean th- that's like going to Vegas and you see like one of the prettiest you see Halle Berry right and Halle Berry is hanging out with you she's buying you drinks mm-hmm. she's buying you appetizers <laughs> she's telling you hey where are you going after this And then you fall asleep in the club. (laughs) So Holly leaves. You just blew it with Holly Berry. Like that's where the Timberwolves were at last night. They had Holly Mm. Berry ready to get married. Mm. I could hear Jagged Edge in my head. Let's just get married. And then you fall asleep. And Holly, you wake up. It's four in the morning. Everybody's still in the club, but halley has gone. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you like where Hallie go? Out. Right. right, and that's what happened to the Timberwolves. Like, I think what forty-seven seconds in the third quarter, and they were up sixty-two to eighty-three. They had it, and they let it go. With five minutes to go in the fourth, it was eighty-six to eighty-five. That's just poor clock management. That's poor offensive uh, execution, and that's poor coaching you got to call a timeout, slow them down, and keep saying, hey, dudes, we're winning. What are you guys doing? Mm. Like, I saw at one point D'Angelo Russell had to get his guys into the huddle to pay attention because mm. when they were winning, guys were over there jacking around, talking about what they're going to be doing tonight, talking about – I mean, I know Note not there, but Luke probably remember that. Uh, oh, but, yeah. You know, the old school club Randy Moss used to go to back in 98. Oh, yeah. But, like, they was acting like, what's the party at after this, man? We out here. <laughs> like, you know, they talking about Ja Moran's dad over there, quiet. Carly, and then the tide turned. Man, so, he was
1: talking big cash, too. Leaving. He was like, hey, we ain't coming back to Minnesota. Right. That And that's,
2: that's – He pay. Hey. <laughs> if they lose again, it's over in five. Mm-hmm. It's over in five. You're not going to down 3-1, and you're not going to beat Memphis. Now, if they do, you can play this clip back and throw it in my face. But no If you go down no 3-1, problem. you're not going to beat Memphis at home to close you out because they know they don't want to go back on the road and then force a game seven because then that's when that, 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 that sphincter – Gets tight again in game seven at home Mm. because you know you're playing with house money when you're the seven seed, so you can be relaxed. The two seed now is close to being embarrassed. Same thing if they went up two one at home and you got another home game, the Grizzlies get tight because they're like, Man, we might lose to the seven seed, the seven. Mm. And yeah, that's I just I I don't know, like, I, I just can't do it
1: man it was funny because last night going into the the newscast um I was listening in my i f b and Randy has been here for a long time he's covered sports here for a long time Randy mm-hmm. shaver yep, and he was like uh <laughs> He's like, this may be an all timer. And I'm like, man, for him to say that, like, he's been here for so long covering sports here in Minnesota for all these years. And for him to say that that may have been an all timer, like, that was really, really bad. So I, I, I just – I don't know how they come back from that, but they seem to be optimistic at the press conference. I mean, even Kat's talking about, hey, I'm just going to get a glass of wine and decompress and, and move on. But it's <laughs> like, dude, it's on you now. Like, you, you got to show and prove in these next coming games to to really, like, kind of help turn the tide around. But, you know, I digress. We'll, we'll, we'll move on. We'll, we'll talk some actual football with you now, Ron. You know – the Vikings have the twelfth pick, mm-hmm. and there have been so many ideas about what they do yeah. with that twelfth pick. Is there a guy that you're like, look, this is who they have, this is who they're gonna get, and and maybe you think will still fall to them at twelve? Who
2: who are you holding out hope for that they will get at that twelfth spot? So it, it, this is my thing. Derek Stingley Jr. is Derek Stingley Jr. right now, in my opinion, or bust. Mm-hmm. If he's not there at twelve, now we know there's some sneaky picks out there. Um, I don't know if you reach. Like, I don't think you need to reach at twelve unless you're like, look, we're going to go D line. There's a kid out of Georgia, the big six six, uh, three, Jordan Davis. Yep, out of Georgia, he's one you can add. Now you have a run stopper to go along with this because in the three four, that I, like that. Knows, I like yeah, that. I like that that cock nose in 3-4 has to be a menace. Like he, yep. He's going to take on the double team and sometimes the triple team. Like If you have a guy that can take on guard, center guard at the same time because he's just that big and that mm. long, mm-hmm. um, that frees up your five techniques. Mm. That frees up your three tech. That frees up Daniil Hunter. That frees up your backer that's going to shoot that A-gap. Mm. So I could see that being one. Uh, I don't think they have him projected that high. But, again, if there's a guy you want, I've always heard this from Tony Dungy, don't be afraid to just take them. Like when Quentin Nelson went to the coach early, the guard, mm. everybody's mm. like, oh, that's way too a six pick for a guard. No. And look, he's a pro. Hall of coach. Famer.
0: Yeah, right. unbelievable.
2: He's mm. great. So reaching for a guy is only a reach if it doesn't work. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so okay. I, I, I look at that pick. So, But Derek Sending Jr. is not there. You can trade back to the 20 and get maybe a second or third round pick because you still have Andrew Booth Jr., who's at 16, possibly 17, 18. You have Trent McDuffie, who's going to be at 22, another 5'11 guy. But the guy I like, too, is Kyra Elam, who you can get possibly in the second round because mm. he's mm. 6'2", 191 pounds, reminds me of a bigger Cam Dantzler, mm. uh more like an Xavier Rhodes, you know, has the hip movements, has the speed, has the straight line speed, Um, and that's the guy you can get. Uh, that's kind of what I see happening. I I, I see those guys being in there um again you got kobe bryant out of cincinnati i just like saying his name but again he's love, 6'1". Kobe's fun. love he's kobe love kobe man if you think about the three four defense you play a lot of two shell behind it um because you have one in your backers, you have a mic and you have a mo so whoever's the mic is kind of usually the run stopper guy or sorry the, the drop and the mo is usually your, your banger and so i'm guessing jordan hicks is going to be the mo he's going to be the banger most likely unless he plays outside but i think he's going to be your banger Eric Kendricks, we know, can run sideline to sideline. So he's going to most likely be the guy you drop into space. When that happens, he can eat up that middle of the field, leave your two high safeties, and now your corners can kind of play in that dead zone of four to five yards where they can come up and press and then bail, and then they can come up and press and trail, or they can come up and press and just sit in the flat. And so a guy like that with that size at one, you don't have to make him play man. Cincinnati, Luke Fickle, treated Cincinnati like Ohio State. He started recruiting some great guys. And so if you think about Kobe Bryant, he got a lot of work because nobody was throwing at Sauce Gardner. Like Sauce Gardner became the Deion Sanders of the Cincinnati Bearcats. So -hmm. then what happens? Well, Kobe Bryant gets tested. He gets tested. So he's battle tested. Mm -hmm. He's had to help out to keep him in that number four spot in the country. So I, I would not shy away from Kobe Bryant because he's had the Ohio State pedigree coaching mentality on the field and practice how to practice like a pro and yeah. so i would not be afraid with that one in the later rounds in the third or fourth or third round um but yeah that's what i see them going with and again we talk about tight end a guy that, that i like later rounds is cole turner out of nevada mm. you know he's a 6'6 250 pound guy um he can jump he's a former basketball player former receiver turn tight end uh a la ben utek uh, which Ben Utech was very serviceable for, for the seven, eight years he played. Um, mm-hmm. But Cole Turner's a guy that you can flex out at six six, and if you get a safety, throw the fade. I I, I did two of his games on FS1, mm. and three times in a row in the red zone, they just lined him up outside and threw fades to him. I think he ended up catching like two or three touchdowns that game. Um, mm. And so that's a guy I like late. And two, I like his quarterback. I, I say if you are going to go late – and you want to get a quarterback to possibly compete and be your backup, I would not shy away from that as well. Like You look at the quarterbacks out there, and the kid's name is Carson Strong out of Nevada, 6'3". I think he's more than 6'4". I'm 6'3". He was taller than me. 6'4", 226. He's like a Peyton Manning. Can't run. run. His coach told me this. He could not run out of sight in two days if you gave him a chance. You could still see him. Um, Great arm, though. Big arm. Great arm. (laughs) but he's a guy that he's a smart kid he's a backup his coach gave him i think what three plays in his in his uh wristband and said when he got to the line of scrimmage you figure out which play is best for your team right now and he's the guy that put cole turner out wide through the fades he's the guy that put romeo dubs in the four by one set which i I, you rarely see a four by one except for florida Mm -hmm. uh but put romeo Dubs in a four by one set and ran a, a inside tunnel screen with you know nothing but blockers in front of him so he's the guy when i asked the coach he's the guy that called those plays not the coaches so he's another guy that you put him put a headset on him for a couple years in a clipboard behind Kirk cousins he might one day be your starter and we could be talking and and i'm not going to be preposterous but we could be talking about a guy um not tom brady not where it's like oh my god where'd this guy come from but you know a serviceable guy an alex smith you know type of kid that can just be serviceable carson Wentz that can be a starter Mm -hmm. eventually
0: Man, I'm so glad. A lot to digest there, but I'm so glad you brought up Jordan Davis because he's a guy that nobody's talking about. Again, yep. like Quentin Nelson, no value at nose tackle. Heck, Vitavia went 12 overall in the same spot. and Look what he did to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers run defense, number one mm-hmm. in the league the last two years for a mm-hmm. big reason. And nobody's talking about him, though, Ron. So no, I'm, glad, seven, you head the, yeah, like I'm glad you brought him. He's like 17 to
2: 25. They have him going yeah. like 17 to 25. So, yep. again, if you drop back, he's a guy you could take and get, get catch capital for that second round to go get Kyrie elam so you get jordan davis and you get Kyrie elam the thing about d line is you say there's no value for him there is with the vikings because we know the injuries we've seen uh the juggernaut and before pierce and all these guys not be able to play so you gotta have bodies look at the pay or the Patriots, the packers you know they had two big bodies in there they can bring in and out so one guy's nick getting wear now look at akeem hicks he Mm. eventually got wore down he yeah. didn't have anybody that could come in. And then all of a sudden now we're talking about, is he going to play this week? I think Jordan Hicks, if you drop back to 20 and he's still there, you take him. Because now you know Kyrie Elam is probably still on the board. And Kobe Bryant can come in, I think, and play behind Cam Dansler. Cam Dansler, I think, if you teach and, and love him, he's an okay <laughs> cover two safety.
0: No doubt. Like no Zimmer doubt.
2: was not a loving guy. He didn't grab his teddy bear of players mm-hmm. and say, come here. Let me, let me help you, you out. Okay? Let me oh, help Lord. you out. He didn't, he didn't do this. Mike Zimmer was like, hey, get your bottle. Get out of my face. You know, get out of here. Like, that was Zimmer. Like, he, he's, not, he's not breastfeeding. He's a bottle feeder. You know, you got to breastfeed these players. They're young. They need the milk. Breast still smell like Similac. You got to love them. That's where he's at with it.
0: Hey, This 3-4 is going to be a new look for Vikings fans. But, again, you look back at some of the best 3-4s, Patriots, Vince Wilfork right in the middle. Uh, Look at what Albert Hainsworth did for a long time up in there. And and they just make everybody around them better, like you said, Ron. Then you come back later, uh, Kair Elam, like you mentioned, Kobe Bryant. We had Jeff Risden on. He brought up Roger McCrary from Auburn. Auburn. Shorter arms but but the guy's ready to come in and play right away. So, uh, again, Ron, I could talk X's and O's with you all day long, but we won't do that again. Check him out every weekday <laughs> on the Ron Johnson Show, Monday through Friday, bringing the heat right here on Lockdown Sports Minnesota. As always, thanks so much for stopping by, Ron. Hopefully, we'll talk to you again real soon, all right?
2: Yeah, appreciate it. Check out today's show. We had mm. JT Brown, former uh, Wild, and now Seattle Kraken color analyst. So he was Ooh. good, Has some good stuff to say about the Wild and the uh, Kraken.
0: Love that. Thanks so much, Ron. Take care. All right.
2: Appreciate it. Appreciate you, Ron. All right. Thank you.
0: Ron Johnson. Reggie. Ron, bring in the heat per usual. Again, check him out right here five days a week on Lockdown Sports Minnesota. Reggie, any big takeaways right there from Ron?
1: All right. So Ron is is like me in terms of trying to find the wildest correlations to current <laughs> events. Like people people watch me on TV and they're like what did he? What is he talking Where'd about? Where did you get that? Like, yeah. what? Did he, and I'm like a mad scientist at my computer when I'm thinking up this stuff. I'm like, just like typing up stuff. <laughs> and it's so hilarious because, like, when he made the Holly Berry reference, like, that was spot on. Because like the
0: Friday reference. Yeah, the, like,
1: off the charts. Off the charts. Respect and also a game recognized game. I, I
0: appreciate that. All right. Time has come. My favorite part of the show is here where I put Reggie on the hot seat covering all the latest hot topics in Minnesota sports called What Does It Mean? Reggie, let's jump right into it. You ready? Let's do it. Twins starting pitcher Joe Ryan has now allowed just three runs and nine hits over his last 16 innings as he helped the Twins scratch and claw their way to a 1-0 win over the Royals, avoiding the sweep. So when it comes to your game evaluation, what does it mean when reacting to the Twins 1-0 win? Are you giving more attention to Joe Ryan's consecutive impressive outing or the fact the Twins are averaging just over one run scored in their last three games?
1: So that last fact is very troubling Mm -hmm. because you would like to think that with the guys that they have swinging the bats that they could be a little bit better than that. Byron Buxton is back. It's probably going to take him a second to get back into a rhythm after the injury kind of like slowed him down. And, you know, he only came into the the game yesterday batting two fifty, And so – You know, even with how much he's kind of, you know, been on fire to start the season, like 250 ain't, you know, ain't otherworldly, you know. And so I think the bats really need to come together. What is cool, though, is Joe Ryan did get the win because he deserved it. So I'm just going to, you know, bang on the table, sound the sirens. Joe Ryan, baller alert. Like, dude is an absolute baller. We were talking about, Randy Shaver did a story uh, with us, very well done about how Joe Ryan was the first rookie pitcher to start on opening day since 1969. Oof. And that is really cool. But when you think about a young guy to be unflappable and to come out and pitch as dominant as Joe has pitched in his first uh, three starts, like – the dude is coming like the dude is a dude like they had confidence to put in him to be their opening day started to be their ace you know you got i was surprised he got the nod over a guy like sonny gray who you know he started opening day just a couple years ago for the reds and i'm like okay like they they really are high on this joe guy and he's no average joe like he's he's more than above average, Joe. I don't want to like just crown him so far. I mean, it's only been you know a few starts, but like man, and he's only gone like five, six innings in these games and just imagine what he's gonna do when they kind of let him loose a little bit because it is early in the season. They want to kind of preserve him and maybe kind of ramp it up as it goes along. But when he starts pitching six, seven, eight innings into games like He's going to be something, man. I'm I'm very impressed with Joe Ryan so far, and I'm excited to see how he progresses moving forward.
0: Joe Ryan, stud, love it. Got to love what you're seeing so far. Remember, his only loss was opening day when he mm-hmm. couldn't get any run support. The Twins lost 2-1. to one That's been the issue. Against the Mariners. Here's the thing, Reggie. You take out the Twins' 8-3 to three win against the Red Sox, that final game of the series. Their last six games... They've scored five total runs, and uh, again, they'll give you that one random every fifth game. They'll put up eight or nine or ten, but outside of that, in between those four other games, it's been Bad man, Got to fix and, that. And that's with or without Bucks and It just hasn't been good. So uh, definitely concerning, no doubt. All right, moving on. What does it mean? The Wild were tied with the Canucks 3-3 three three at the start of the third period before they turned it on late yet again with three straight unanswered goals led by who else? Kevin Fiala. He tallied two more goals to his red hot run. What does it mean when it comes to the importance, the value, the, the leadership Fiala has brought to this team over the past few weeks, the past month? as they head into the playoffs right around the corner how important is this guy
1: watch out nhl it means watch out blues mm. you know like so look i have affectionately called him fifi mm. and fifi is going to have you and your fifis because like the dude okay. is playing out of his mind right now on a team where you got a goal scorer like kareel kaprizov and he's leading the team uh, in franchise history with goals scored in a season. Like, when you got that guy and your attention is on Kevin Fiala, not only is it going to make a decision very hard in the offseason about what to do with him, whether you keep him or let him go, and I I think he's, like, playing to the point of it's like, dang, man, I don't think you can, you can let this guy walk. Like, you got to find a way to keep this dude. But, like, Having a guy like that has to give the Wild a lot of confidence in what they can do when you're going against a Blues team that is scoring goals, that just like running teams out of the arena on nights. And it's going to be tough. They got some demons to exercise against the Blues. I really just hate that they had to get them right out of the gate. It's just mm. like, dang, man. Mm. Like, but. They're gonna prove their their medal against them and see. You know, I think I think the series has the the capabilities of being a slugfest and go seven. Like, as similarly as the Timberwolves and Grizzlies series is, where they're just kind of like beating on each other. I kind of think this Blues and and Wild series is gonna be the same way. And when you got guys like Kevin Fiala, they you know they won six to three last night and he scored multiple goals. Like when you got a guy like that that seems to be putting it all together at the right time and and has struck fire. It's like, don't put them out because that's going to be a guy that's going to help you get to where you want to go. And we know that this team has championship expectations.
0: It's funny. Every time I look at at the NHL scores and standees, whenever the Wild win, I look, what the Blues do? Win. Right, right flames, win. It's like these guys just can't catch any ground on these guys and they just got to keep winning. NHL playoffs right around the corner. Wild, I think five or six games left. He survived the gauntlet. Once again, special thanks to Ron Johnson from the Ron Johnson Show. Join us Monday recapping game four of the Wolves-Memphis Grizzlies back at home in the Target Center and to talk more NFL draft just six days away from today. Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel and join us every day for another episode covering all the biggest topics in Minnesota sports. He's Reggie Wilson. Follow him on Twitter at Reggie Wilson TV and on care 11 I'm Luke Inman on Twitter at Luke underscore Spinman. Tune in Locked On Sports Minnesota. For Reggie, I'm Luke. Until next time, signing out.
1: Be blessed. Spread love this weekend. This
0: is Superior Sports Talk
1: with Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota.